0: Joined now here on the flagship podcast interview by the one and only Sean Salisbury. You hear him on the Sean Salisbury show weekday mornings, 6 to 10 on 790 in Houston. You can catch that on the iHeartRadio app. Of course, he is uh, a former USC quarterback. And little did I know, Sean, and of course, NFL quarterback, Grey Cup champion in uh in 1988 little little did I know Sean that you were also you were a high school all-american in basketball averaged 26.5 points per game as a senior um, at Escondido High School in California
1: yeah and and my uh that baseball chip I didn't play it's great to be on with you by the way man I'm looking looking forward to this I I didn't play football till I got to high school. I played tackle in the park with my buddies, and you know I, I studied the game, and we used to have a blast doing. It, but I was a baseball guy, and you know, obviously, my, getting recruited. Baseball and basketball actually were recruiting me first. And when I went to Orange Glen High in Escondido, it was you know the baseball and basketball recruiters came by first. And um, I can remember the spring before my it was like after my freshman year, my sophomore year. University of Texas was one of the first football schools that did, did my defensive coordinator, who handled a lot of the recruiting, said was coming by a spring practice. So basketball and baseball, my first loves. I obviously am passionate about football, but I still to this day would rather be sitting on the top of the Green Monster in Fenway Park than on the sidelines at a Super Bowl game. So uh, when it comes to baseball and then basketball, give me the give me my Lakers any day of the week. So. I miss, I actually missed the competition. I got to get to the gym and play basketball to get that fee, you know, that feel and that competitiveness. But those were probably my two best sports growing up, Chip. And, and here I was playing football. So I was uh, blessed to be able to do that as well.
0: I'll say that. How tall are you, Sean? Six, five. Six, five. So you yeah. were, I mean, were you like a small uh, forward? I would
1: have played a small, yeah, I was, I, I, I could handle the ball, but I was, I shredded my knee twice in college, but I, I, I could, I could jump. Um, pretty. I had pretty good hops, and I was physical. I could shoot and do all that, but my game was. I could get a guy. I could. I could play a guy four or five inches taller than me, and I've had some. And I don't want to go in because the fish story will probably get bigger. And say that I was better than Michael Jordan, but joking around. But I've had great success against guys in the past, and Wayman Tisdale, who uh, you know that name. That. Tis and I played against each other in an oh, All Star game, and I had thirty plus in that game. And Kenny Fields, who was a Verbum Day UCLA. Guy and Cliff Levingston, who was a first oh, yeah. round draft pick out of Wichita State. This Johnny way. Rogers from went to Stanford was a McDonald's All-American. Actually, some of the best games of my career came against guys who were either McDonald's All-Americans or went on to play pro basketball because I was a I, I had a football mentality playing basketball. So I, I I beat up on them and was quick enough to make a move, but I couldn't have guarded Allen Iverson or those guys too quick for me. So I would have been a low block extend the perimeter on our one, three, one defense. I ran the baseline. So I could move, but uh, I wouldn't have been able to guard those guys quicker. I would have, I would have had better chance guarding a guy four or five inches taller than me that I could keep out of the low block than I would have had to go out and guard a guy like Durant on the perimeter. I got no shot with that my man.
0: I love it. I love it, man. Uh, it's uh, it, it's great talking to Sean Salisbury and Sean, I know, um, you know, the USC fraternity is tight and, when Steve Sarkeesian was named the head coach at Texas, what, uh, what went through your mind?
1: Awesome. I, Chip, I love a guy, and I, you, know, you don't ever want anybody to go through it. I've been through it. A lot of people have, and I may be, maybe I'm just one of those guys. I, I, when I see people go through hard times or hit rock bottom, whatever their rock bottom is. Now, you don't wish that on anybody. But I'm always wondering, and I wondered myself how had come out of mine and fortunately did, when Sark hit his, when he was at SC and the difficulties went on. Listen, there's never, ever, ever, ever been in question from the time that guy started coaching with Norm Chow and Pete Carroll and doing all the things he did at Southern Cal and at Washington, as an assistant coach, Raiders, and then as a head coach at Washington and USC. Nobody's ever questioned if the guy knew football and could dial up plays. He's phenomenal play caller. But, you know, you go through, and, and Sark told me after this hire, I, I, I was talking with him and had him on an interview. He said it came basically too easy to him early. He said, I probably took it for granted, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's what we were discussing about his comeback. And, you know, he went through his difficult times, and they don't need to be re-talked about people, know, and did what he had to do, re- rebuilt himself. He didn't need to rebuild his talent, ship. He has that. But, but, you know, visit to Atlanta and seeing how that goes and, bringing some NFL stuff to Nick and there's always something to be able to be humbled and then go and find a coach like Nick Saban. that will keep you humble because he works his assistants, and a great challenge for Sark and to take a one year, you know, to take two and then a one year starter in Mac Jones and turn him in, in essence into what is going to be the third pick of the draft. Look, would think, think Joe Brady, what he did with, 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 uh, with, uh, Joe Burrow. Yep. And now think Sark with Mac Jones. I thought, I think it's a great hire. And the only thing that, that to me was like, okay, what's going to happen? Where's the leadership and Sark's ability? But after he went through what he went through, and then to go through what he did, and the success at Alabama, and he'll be calling the plays. I think that makes you take a step back and reevaluate you and your situation. And we know about Texas, Chip. This this is not. It's like SC similarities. You don't go. We ain't going. If we go eight, three, nine, and three, three years and lose to our rival. You're getting fired. <laughs> period. That you're getting fired. That's a, whether it's Sark, whether it's Clay, you. Just, you can't do it now. You can do it, and I don't mean this disrespect. You can go eight and three or nine and three at Cal, and that's no. Listen, they they beat us too. I get it, but I'm just telling you at SC, at Notre Dame, at Texas, at Alabama, Clemson. Unless you've got a long line, even the best of the best. Give me three years, of eight and three at Clemson, and lose some bowl games. You'll hear whispers about that. You know what I mean? You'll, yep. It's the way. That's the way we are in society. So. I think it's a great hire. And I'm t- I've, I've talked to some people and I'll leave names out close to the program. And the thing they love most about this change. And I, I, I loved Tom Herman when he got the Jimmy, mean, but who didn't Tom's resume at Ohio state coaching three quarterbacks, what he did at Houston. But for I think, not think, I know for a fact that there are people in the, that, that, that are close to this situation that love the way he interacts with the players but is also able to keep that I'm the coach and not your best friend type of thing. You know what I mean? Where there's the ability to have an open door policy, but when you walk in the door, I'm, I'm still your coach. I'm not your best friend, but I do relate. I understand. I get it. Beating you into the ground and being an, I confess, he did it guy. Isn't my MO. I'm an MO that all the great coaches I've been around, as Tom Moore, Peyton Manning's coordinator for years and still coaching in Tampa was our coach in Minnesota on the offensive side. He always said, you never have to worry about being, you know, being me having your back, no matter what the media or anybody says, you're our guy. And we're always going to be that. That's what he told his quarterbacks. And I think Sark, not just quarterbacks, was teammates believed that. And he brings a resume of success. And I think sometimes people look at a guy and say, you know what? Got kicked in the teeth. How are you going to respond? Well, the response has been loud, has been clear, and has been awesome. But we all know Texas is a different egg. Expectations, they got a lot of money. They're in a great city. And eight and three, nine and three, and losing to Lincoln Riley is not going to, it will not, that will not happen. I mean, meaning you can't do that for long and keep your gig. I think this is a, I don't know of a more qualified offensive coordinator. That has been through some great coaches, been through tough times and come back, seen some NFL stuff, players and how and is is prepared for this job. He is as prepared and as ready as anybody. Now, alumni, now that that burden, he, but he saw it at SC, similar alumni expectations. He, he got a taste of it. Washington's programs come a long way. So, Chip, I, I spent a lot of time on this because this this hire for Texas is monumental. Yeah. It, 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 it is huge. Sark knows this. Sark knows it, and I think that he's going to be better equipped after what he's been through in the past, and there is no better play caller right now in college football. Lincoln Riley's pretty good. I can name a handful that are really good, but if there's better, you're going to have to show them to me because I watched him, and I know also they love some of the people I've talked to, what they've seen early on and early returns from Steve Sarkisian. Now, we don't win championships in March or February or an off-season program, but you kind of do getting people to buy in. And from what I've heard from people that I know, the buy-in is real right now. Now you got to go validate it in the fall. I love Steve Sarkeesian.
0: Talking to Sean Salisbury, um, at S Salisbury show on Twitter uh, for his uh, Sean Salisbury show again on 790 in Houston. You can hear it on the I Heart radio app, six to 10 AM uh, weekday mornings and at Sean unfiltered on Twitter and uh, Sean you know, I was going to ask you about the differences between USC and Texas, you know, people, I mean, USC is one of the all time programs like, like Texas, uh, in Southern California, it's a little different though. I mean, you, you, USC has to win to be relevant. Otherwise no one talks about them. Um, so what's that like? Cause it, at, at Texas, you know, football is year round. It is the most important thing. It's, it means the most to the alums at Texas. How would you characterize those two programs and the, the pressures that are on the head coach?
1: I think it's as closely paralleled as there is. And, you know, with the, uh, SC being a private school and the, listen, let's face facts, alumni and board of regents and people have a lot of power at both universities. That's just, that's, that's, yep. so there. Make no mistake about that. You know, that and so do people, so do the guys taking the job now, I can tell you, and and I know that being in Austin, well, your city's better than our LA's, right? Now. I'd rather live in Austin than LA. That's one thing, but I, I can tell you, Chip. While it's the game in town, obviously in Austin, right? It's it is that game. But even though we had the Lakers, think about this: when Pete Carroll was in 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 Los Angeles, Dodgers, Lakers, all those things. Now that we've added the Chargers and the and the the Rams back and all that. When SC's going good like they were with Pete, I'll never forget. Now we we talk about I'm just using the select that that how people view it about Showtime when the Lakers you know when, when they were winning in Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I am standing on the sidelines of the USC getting ready to play. Pete was there and it was when uh when Ohio State was it, it was Matt Leinert, and why am I losing? Pryor was the quarterback at Trell Pryor was the quarterback at Ohio State and it was like one versus two. I don't know if you you, you probably do, Chip. You got. A lot of history. Oh, yeah. it, was at, it was at the Coliseum, and it was an early season game. And I, on the side, I felt like Sesame Street, one <laughs> of these things is not like the other. I'm telling you, people, Isaiah Thomas, I'm talking about the basketball wow. veteran, Isaiah Thomas, Amare Stoudemire, Will Ferrell, Denzel Washington, the, Marco, I'm talking. The reason I'm saying this, is it wasn't just people who went to SC, right. or Ohio State. It was just, it, it was like, oh, I got tickets to a Laker game. I'm, I, I, let me go. I mean, I'm, I'm standing next to Amari Stoudemire. I think Henry Winkler. What's Amari Stoudemire doing here? Well, he wants to watch USC play, right? right. I mean, the players and, and all the great players on the field, and and Ohio State had all a, a lot of their great former players, and you're sitting there. I'm sitting there, and Marcus Allen's in one place, and here's Anthony Munoz, and then Denzel Washington, Washington, and I'm standing next to Isaiah Thomas. Marcus, and I'm thinking I do not belong in this group because I'm just that nobody knows who I am now. Maybe four people at SC, but I'm sitting here, Sean. You're actually sitting here talking to Denzel Washington on the sideline of this game, and I looked around me in the pageantry. It's it, I'm telling you, when they're going good, it, they're the, the pressure. I know it's not the Dodgers, Lakers, but I'm telling you, when SC's going good, the, the, the people hold them in that regard. Yeah, I'm just telling you they do now. But the similarities are pretty eerie. You know, you have a coach and you win titles, and then you know, all of a sudden you, the struggles, you know, you go eight, three, you lose a game. You're not supposed to, you, you you, the, the, quarterback isn't, you know, maybe not doing, I'm, Darnold did a great job, but you've had some players in between there. Well, why aren't we as physical? Oh, we're, we're not as physical as us used to be. And at Texas, it's like, why aren't we having four first rounders? To, you know, all the narrative and well, it may be a different chip. The, 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 the parallels are, are really close to the same expectations eight wins normally isn't good enough nine you're lucky to keep your job if you win nine we better beat ucla and notre dame at sc if you win nine it better be beat your rival and oklahoma cannot win in that shootout or what we call the rivalry now whatever it's called with the red river you just can't and then you got you can't you can't lose to iowa state we can't lose to arizona state you know we can't lose you just can't right and that's no disrespect to them but that's just part and parcel to the job so the similarities they they're highly paid the expectations are through the roof, and they should be. Recruiting base in both states and in both towns. And in Texas, you don't have to go a hundred miles to find five stars and four stars, of the best ever around. And then in areas in California, you walk across the street, and the best players in the world are at Crenshaw High School, at Modern Day, you know, at, at St. John Bosco, and you get them all there. So those similarities. Also, the similarities are, which has been a problem. What about the development of players? Once they get their five-star, are they staying five-star? Are we taking three stars and turning them into four stars? That's been in question at times at Southern Cal, and I damn well know that's been questioned in Austin. So they're coupled with it, man. And Sark, the reason why this will not be new, trust me, when Sark had a shake hands and kiss baby meetings, he knew what they were watching at SC. He knows what their their, expectations is what I mean, what they expect from him. And while everybody's happy now, don't go 8-4 and four, because then, that, then then all of a sudden it's like, we're hope that star still shine. Okay, let him get his players. Boom, gets his players. The next one. I think he's going to be great. But the expectations, Chip, are, are real at both for different reasons, but many of the same reasons. And I think most of us find it inexcusable that Texas and Southern Cal don't dominate. With the recruits they get on a regular basis, now we see a lot of Oregon's taking over for some of the stuff. SC, their dominant program, and 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 it's no longer that you just get to show up at Texas or SC, and you you whip everybody else. Ask Matt Campbell how you know he, he, he's not letting you do that at Iowa State, I and mean, we can go around a league, so right. around the country. So it, it is it, the, the 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 there's a lot of good teams, there's a lot of good players, there's a lot of good coaches, but from Sark's standpoint, I guarantee it from mine from years. Listen. we're not, the expectations aren't eight wins and the expectations aren't eight wins this year. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care who the tight end is. I don't care who the running back is. This is Texas. It's USC. And we're speaking of Texas. Now I fully expect you're going to see matter of fact, when Lincoln Riley and Steve Sarkeesian take the field, I'm just using the Oklahoma game. Mike Gundy's a hell of a play caller too in his system. But when he's a coach and when he, when he is calling the plays, if it's not the coordinator, he always hires a guy that knows how, but when Lincoln Riley, and Steve Sarkisian play each other. There will not be a Saturday this entire season where you will have two better play callers in one building than that one. That I promise you. Now, the leadership for Sark, controlling it, getting the proper recruits, keeping people. That's another part of it. Pete Carroll kept the stars at home. We didn't lose them to Oregon or that. Clay's had a challenge at times. but recruiting's getting better. The key is in Texas, you don't lose out to TCU. You don't lose out to Texas A&M. You don't lose out to, 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 a recruit that goes to, you know, another school in Texas or even to Oklahoma. And that's the expectations. And when you're Sark, you're getting paid for that. And he knows it. I, I actually expect Texas to be a national, if, if they're not a national title contender in four years, then I missed, I, I miss something on Steve Sarkeesian. I'm talking about a consistent one. I fully expect that it'll be sooner than that. But um, if, in four years, they're not. They'll find a new coach. I don't think they're going to have to. I love Sark.
0: Great stuff with uh, with Sean Salisbury. We'll take a quick break. Uh, come right back on the flagship podcast with Sean Salisbury.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Sean, the staff, what really impressed me about Sarkeesian was the staff he put together. I mean, Jeff Banks from Alabama, one of the best special teams coordinators in football, Kyle Flood, a former head coach at Rutgers, as OC and offensive line uh, coach, as you mentioned, Sarkal called the plays. But, um, and then on defense, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski, a a stud defensive coordinator from Washington, Jeff Choate, the former head coach at Montana State. I mean, these guys, that's a heck of a staff.
1: You know what, Chip? I I believe that great coaches – and I watched Jimmy Johnson do this in Dallas. I think the best ones do. Even though sometimes it may not work out for those head coaches, you hire coaches you expect to be head coaches. Yep. You don't feel threatened by it. It doesn't matter. Heck, when Nick's at Alabama, think about just the analysts he has hanging around. Like if somebody loses, Butch Jones. and I mean, guys are on staff because it's just I want to ball hog them. If you got the money to pay them, Texas does. Certain schools do. I think it's great staff, and and I know that he wants physicality. He wants innovativeness. Um, he's hired guys that have head coaching experience, so they will know how to lead in their room. Listen, leading is a not popular. Leading, listen, if you're a great leader, it, it, everybody doesn't love you. You, you. You're gonna you're gonna hurt some feelings along the way if you're a respectful great leader. And the great leaders aren't going to tell you how to do it. They're going to pop out in front and show you. And I'm big on his staff. He, he wants to make sure the guys are also like-minded. Now, that doesn't mean kissing rear end where everybody thinks the same. Like-minded, they understand the approach and where they're headed. And in the process, when you sit in that meeting room, Chip, I've always been a guy that when, when you're around coaches that challenge you respectfully, your team's better. Just like as a quarterback, you know, when, when you're on a team that during the, in the film session, if your coach or another quarterback, your backup or you know, as, as a backup to Warren Moon or when I was with Jim McMahon or at Time Starting, but th- th- to challenge them too. It was important that they be challenged. Say, no, no, man, you're better than this. you, you got to make this. So-. And it's respect. It's the same thing with those coaches. that You want a coaching staff that when Sark's in there, that they say, well, coach, this recruit or this play or this series, I've, I've seen these guys. Boom, it's good. So um, hiring your best buddies doesn't usually mean championships. Hiring guys that respect you and along the way have a relationship, but understand the the end game and where that light is. I think he's put together a hell of a staff. And his and Coach Bank, you know, when he was at AM as well, he's one of the best on the planet. And don't be misled by not you, but anybody. How important the difference in great special teams and average special teams may cost you two games by the end of the year. He's doing it the way that he thinks gives they're not in it just to win the Big 12. That they're, they're they're not. This is it's certain teams. The Yankees don't play just to win the American League East. The Dodgers don't play just to win the National League West. Alabama's not – Alabama, yeah, yeah, oh, we won the SEC. Great. sound cool. That, that's supposed to happen. They're in it to win the national title every year. And I don't, Texas needs to think like that. And I believe Sark does, and I, and I know they do. He don't want to walk away from there with just a – well, the first goal is to win them all. The next goal is to win one by one and then win the, the, the conference – so you have a chance to play in the final four and all that, but that's not that you don't get to breathe this at Texas. You don't get to breathe a sigh of relief when you win a conference championship. We've been thinking, Hey, I saw that back with lamb ham and jam Jones were playing. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that, that, you know what I mean? That they, that that's, that's supposed to happen. Now it's, you gotta be thinking big picture and that's playing in about the, what the late, the, the early, early, the second week in January or whatever it is next year. Um, I, I think that they did, the smart thing by giving a guy and we've been waiting a while. No, no disrespect. We've been waiting a while to see an offense. There's been flashes of it at times. I'm talking about where every game you line up, you're scared to death to play this football team and watch how he develops the quarterback, whether it's Casey or somebody else, and keep an eye on the mismatch problems they create with his play calling. And if anybody ever wondered if coaching matters, well, all you got to do is look at Texas or some other schools and say, or the schools that have hired a guy like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, they didn't miss a beat when Bob Stoops left. Hell, they're better offensively than they've ever been. So I think they're asking for the same thing from Sark.
0: That's, I was just going to ask you that, Sean, as a guy who played in the NFL, uh, won a, a Grey Cup, um, high-end offensive mind like yourself, what impresses you most about Sarkisian as an offensive mind, offensive play caller?
1: Chip, I'm so glad you asked An Out-of-the-box thinker, meaning he is – everything doesn't have to be curl-flat combination or if you run this, we got to do this. No, no, you don't. Remember the national title game when he came in motion, return motion, uh-huh. he sprint rack and came and threw back to the wheel route up the sideline, did Mac Jones. Why, why do you – and you're running deep over routes, and as you start the deep over route, then it becomes a deep over seam. Why? If you've got personnel that can do it, I don't have to do the same thing all the time. It doesn't just have to be pick, roll to the basket, bounce pass, stop <laughs> them alone. I can do some other stuff. And, and I think we've started to see that in college football. We saw Joe Brady at LSU do it and, and empty the backfield, put five, put, the, put some pressure on the quarterback. Mac Jones at Alabama, you're good enough to read it, put some onus on you, get the ball out of your hand on time. We're going to give you five in the route will max protect when necessary and one two man routes when we have to, but they're not going to just be the route tree who decided that the route tree was the only thing we had to call. Well, that team's doing it. So you got to run this combo and this combo. No, it's okay to run three in breaking routes on a combo because well, you watch tape and that's what looks good. So I, I, I love, I watched all his, I mean, when I say all as close to all of Mac Jones throws as I could this year and probably have seen 85 to, to 90% of them and watching Sark dial it up. There is a different approach to him. Our number one goal is an offense. And when you're a quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator head coach is to create deception and find mismatches and nobody does it better. Go back and watch. He's doing this against what was it? Ohio state, the championship game. Look at the way he was getting Devonte Smith on a linebacker. Yeah. Come on now. that That's just not, that's unfair basketball. Right. <laughs> it, it just did one-on-one. Come on now, man. That's like, that's like Michael Jordan having to be covered by some seven footer who can't move and he's going to run by. It was not fair. And, and part of that is how you dial up formations and personnel groupings. And it's going to look to you, Chip. And I promise you, it's going to look to you and, and fans like they called 800 plays. What it's going to be. It's going to be, 15 passes and five runs dialed up with a whole bunch of different formations and personnel groupings where when you all break it down it's to say oh I saw that route it's just a different cat running it from a different position it'll be simple for his team to understand while they'll put onus on a quarterback but to the defense it'll look like 15 guys are on the field I deception and mismatches and when you can create that and you have somebody to deliver the football you're going to score a lot of points and win a lot of games
0: so for the quarterbacks right now, Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, um, what, what, what are they having to digest right now? Because everyone has talked about how much is in Sark's offense. Like he, he wants to be good at a lot of different things. He doesn't just want to be good at a few things. Yep. What, what are they having to digest right now?
1: A, a lot of tape. And I actually also, you know, coaching at a camp, and, and saw Casey and was talking to him just about overall stuff, you know, he, talking about how much he's studying and the, what goes into um, the study. And uh, Sark just, he got an early say, just in passing, we were talking for a few minutes. His dad's a good friend of mine. So we, we were just kind of catching up. As far as who's going to win the job, well, spring practice gives that, right? You got to go out and earn it, and everybody knows it. And I think that's part of it. The, the, uh, the ability to, and Sark learned this under Pete Carroll as well. You're going to compete at every position for your job every day. And I and and you know what and I and I know also and Casey shared this with a group of people and I can share it too. You know what Sark did when Casey got there? He went and for the quarterbacks, when he showed up on campus, he took every throw they ever made last year, practice, one every throw, and charted it, every throw. And so when they walked into the building, he already knew the strengths, weaknesses, and things to work on. Sark did. That's wow. called. Proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance, the six Ps. Now, what, they, what you can expect is, is, is this. You're going to compete. You better be a good decision-maker. The ball better come out. And I tell this, and I would imagine it'll be the same for Sark. I tell quarterbacks I train all over the country this very thing. If your offensive coordinator or play caller missed a Friday night game, or if I'm coaching a college kid or a Saturday game, if he woke up and had the flu and you had nobody to call the plays, could you call the game? And if your answer is no, you're not studying hard enough. And it, it, what you don't want to do, Chip, is the great Sean Payton, Sarkeesian, Lincoln Riley. You never want to make it so, so complex that they if they're not working hard, studying and doing it right and teaching, it's not just studying. You got to have people that, I, I, that's why when people ask me, Are you a coach? No, I'm a teacher first and a coach second. Anybody can yell and scream. In a math class, Chip, when you and I were going to math in the eighth grade or the 10th grade, my goal is the teachers should never leave anybody behind, right? If 20 kids get it, then I got to teach better to make sure the two that didn't come along for the ride. I can't leave them behind. It's the same thing here. So I got to adjust my team. Every kid doesn't learn the same. The ability every kid doesn't take to criticism or compliments. I got to adjust my teaching. So the kid in the room, can, so we all moving along together. Now, what you do on your lonely work is your, is your deal. That'll separate. That's the difference. What lonely work are you doing on the field and off the field studying? The guy who does more lonely work is going to get a head head start. So what are you doing at 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday as opposed to the other cat? Are you studying? Doesn't mean you can't be a college kid once in a while, of course. But you still got to understand what your day job is and why you're there to get an education and to play football and to win. And that's what you're doing at Texas. Get an education, play football, win. And then you can have fun. I I got news for you. You have a lot more fun when you're winning on Thursday night than you do when you are losing. So I tell them, if you can't call a game, not that you'll ever have to, but if you can't, you're not studying enough. And so the ability to process that information and and process it from the classroom to the practice field, the practice field to the to the to the um, Saturday games or whenever you're playing them is important. And Chip, one last thing about that is, you never, as a play caller, want to make it so difficult. I always tell my quarterback think think six days a week and let's react on a seven. Now, of course, you make adjustments on the sideline, but like if you're a golfer, Chip, I'm sure you golf. When I'm at the when I'm over the ball and I. Get, got 18 swing thoughts, I, I'm, I'm not any good. I got one swing thought and can swing through it. I am I'm, I can play better. I'm, doesn't mean I'm going to shoot 68, but I'm better. Same thing a quarterback. If I'm walking up and trying to, I'm walking, talk, talking to myself over the play clock, and it becomes a thinking thing as opposed to, oh, I've seen this 4,000 times. This is exactly what we drew up. And then the eight or ten times a game when you haven't seen it and they did something different, then you got to either throw the ball away, be a football player. I can't teach that. Sark can't teach that. That eight or ten times a game when it, all hell breaks loose, throw it out of the end zone. Don't take a sack. Uh, sometimes punting's the best play. Those eight, ten, ten, and they happen every game. They happen every game. But when we're, when we're in structure, uh, you got, I want you to react. So you've got to make it simple enough that your guys get it and can, can react, but complex enough to where the guys on the other side of the ball, uh, they, they, they have zero clue coming to the line of scrimmage about tendencies.
0: I love it. I love it. Sean, you're the you're the best. Um, I know you got a million things going on. Um, but is there anything else you think is important for Texas fans to know, college football fans to know about Steve Sarkeesian as he takes over here with the Longhorns?
1: I'd just say watch the quantum leaps that are made by players you wondered about. Good players are going to be good players, but watch when you see eye-opening moments of play calling and when you see, oh, my gosh, we've missed that here. And watch how the players respond to him. Just keep an eye on that. Uh, watch how the players respond to him. Res- the, the, and this Sark's got a diff- different, unique way of being one of the guys without being one of the guys. That makes sense, Chip? Yep. You know what I mean? And, yep. and it's important because we're in a different era of recruiting kids. We're in a different era. We just are. The yep. days of The, the days of – Everybody being, this is hard line, draw a line in the sand. doesn't mean everybody is abide by the same rules. Rules are there. But just the way you treat it. Sometimes we need a kick in the rear, and sometimes you need an arm put around you. Keep an eye on quantum leaps players make urgently and decisions, and keep an eye on how these players respond to him. I believe he's going to win. I'll be more shocked if he doesn't than if he does. If you told me five, five years from now they weren't in the Final Four at some point, I'd be far more shocked than if you told me they're playing for a national title within the next five years. I would, knowing what he brings and knowing the recruiting base that he can get. Yeah, I, I, that, that, and, and to fans, be patient, but don't be so patient. You Have expectations. You're University of Texas. You damn well should have expectations. And if your expectations aren't Clemson, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, Alabama, those ex- LSU, then, then you're probably – rooting for some other team, not the Longhorns. I know it's been a while, but those are the expectations you should have for the Longhorns, Chip.
0: Sean Salisbury, catch him on the Sean Salisbury show on 790 in Houston, six to 10 AM weekday mornings. You can hear it on the I Heart radio app at S Salisbury show and at Sean unfiltered Sean, um, man, appreciate the time. Look forward, uh, to continue the conversation as football season, uh, gets closer.
1: My, my brother, I love you. Anytime you need me. I'm great. As far as how busy I am, I'm studying for my master's degree and taking tests and doing projects. So I'm a student again, and I'm going to make straight A's getting this master's degree. So that's what I'm doing. But I'm about to turn you off on this Zoom call and go right back to studying. So I appreciate appreciate you, brother.
0: Back to studying. I love it. Listen, Sean Salisbury, uh, for Sean Salisbury, I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much for listening to the Flagship Podcast. And until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.